Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Ops Confessions. I see we have a little bit of a small group today, but no judgment. It is like getting close to the holidays. So it's good to see you. Hi, Asia. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining. So we have a another amazing, I say this every time, every episode is amazing because there's so many amazing people that we get to talk to. Um, and today, by the way, is the last episode of the year. So be on the lookout for um, an announcement pretty soon around 2022 season, what are we, season four um, names coming up here pretty soon. But today we get to close things out, close the year out with a bang with Toby Murdoch from Highway Education. Hi, Toby. Hi, Hannah. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And thanks for that small but mighty audience we have brought together. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm excited to chat with Toby today and have him share some insights around this amazing mission that he has taken under his belt. Um, and Toby, Toby is a two-time founder. So he, a little company called Capost, you might, you might remember. Um, and, and he had a successful exit there. And then I won't give away too much, but started Highway Education and this awesome mission to really kind of level the playing field in marketing and marketing operations specifically. So that's what we're going to talk all about today. And we know that obviously it is a topic near and dear to our hearts. <laughs> so um, Toby, I'd love to just kind of start out and have you share a little bit about your journey. You know, what sort of prompted you to make a change and, and dive into this mission and all that good stuff. Excellent. Well, thanks again for having me. Let's see, as you mentioned, I started a company called Capost. That was a content marketing software focused on B2B marketers. So probably some of our listeners remember what we did. And I started that in 2009, did that for 10 years. That, speaking of journeys, that was a whole journey. Uh, lots of um, learnings and that could be a whole nother topic. But anyhow, we were fortunate in 2019 to sell the business uh, to a company called Upland Software. Um, and I served with them for a little bit, but then I was sort of um, a free agent. I, I was on my own, and uh, which was a big contrast from what my life had been. I had a little time to reflect. And this was 2019, 2020. And this was when... Well, Black Lives Matter was really uh, making a big impact. There was the 2020 presidential election, sort of observing all that. I had to, so I was thinking about what I was doing next. I was like, is the universe really crying out for another software company? I've done a few software companies before, but I just didn't think that that's really what was needed. And um, I thought I wanted to do something that would have more of a of a social impact and you know all of that kind of unrest and upheaval during that time, which is now, I guess, been quieted by a little bit by the pandemic and keeping people at home. But it really, I think, exposed a lot of the frustration in our society, particularly from people who just don't have the same economic opportunity that I enjoy or a lot of people in my demographic enjoy. And, um, and so I thought I wanted to work something in that direction. Uh, you know, how can we have more opportunity? And then I thought back in world of marketing ops and where, where my old software um, company used to operate and how much my customers and people in the industry talked about how frustrated and challenged they were trying to find talent, qualified talent to fulfill their teams. And so I looked at those two things 
on one side, we have a lot of people in our you know, society who are struggling to find economic opportunity. And on the other side, we have employers who are struggling to find qualified talent. And I'm like, this is kind of pathetic that, that, that these two groups who need each other are sort of can't find each other. And so mm -hmm. I started Highway as sort of a bridge between those two groups. Um, just to simplify it. So that's sort of the journey where I've come from. I can go into more detail, but that sort of was the, the origin of, of what, what we started to try to do with Highway. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it's a great story and it's, it's sort of like when you find um, like what you're really passionate about, what's good for the world and what you're good at too. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had to build, like, I was like also thinking about climate change, but then I was like, mm, I don't really don't know. I, I know nothing about it besides like having an amateur, you know, you know, New York Times level interest. So I, mm -hmm. I was like, I can't really do anything in that regard. But in this, I know the industry, I know people in the industry, I know the issues. So it felt like, like you said, it really leveraged what I wanted to do with what I'm kind of capable of bringing uh, to, to the plate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And some of those, like, when, when we're just sort of dealing with some like, social unrest, like you want to make an impact, but as an individual, that can be really difficult. So finding how you can, you know, use your value and make the biggest impact, like that's, it's hard to do. It's hard to actually do that. So it's very cool to hear your story. Um, yeah, it's also fun though, because the, I've been an entrepreneur a few times over and I just like starting things from scratch and figuring things out. You know, we were talking about your son, beforehand and the kind of fun and the games he plays like when I'm starting a business I sort of reminds me of being a kid again and like making stuff up and pretending stuff except mm -hmm. real but I'm pretending um and so I asked for me I also have that kind of fun and angle on it for so yeah it's cool to be able to bring what your talents are and your experience make an impact but for me and then I get to start a business which is always fun mm -hmm. yep yep Okay, so tell us about Highway Education. What is it? What's the mission? What makes it unique? Yeah, so we're we're um, a vocational school or a boot camp, I guess. One of the we we train people um, for careers to launch them in careers in marketing operations. We also consider ourselves a, a recruiter or a source of talent for. Um, marketing operations employers. So we have two sets of customers really like aspiring professionals and marketing ops employers. We're a B Corp, um, which means we have a legal commitment as part of our charter to our social mission, which is to expand opportunity um, in general and then specifically to Im improve inclusion for disadvantaged communities. Um, and how we do it is through this training program. So um, we started with a great group of advisors, people, um, longtime veterans in the marketing operations world when we built a curriculum with them working backward from what they want um, uh, in marketing operations kind of employees. Um, and then we recruit students and we train them. The big thing is they don't pay us anything unless they get a job. So it's really academically accessible, I mean, sorry, uh, economically accessible. So they, they come in, they take the whole course and it's only if they get a job paying 55 grand or greater that they owe us a tuition and then they owe it back little by little over time. So we bring them in, it's live online over Zoom and whatnot. Um, 
about 30 hours a week for 16 weeks, quite intensive. We teach them a lot, but what we do even more is have them practice. Mm. You know, what, what we heard from employers is, um, you know, we don't want people who've passed tests. We want people who are ready to do the job from day one. So the biggest thing we do is what we call practicum, where they're just doing projects that simulate real world activities over and over again. They're cleaning databases. They're creating emails and landing pages. They're creating automations. Uh, they're creating metrics dashboards. Um, uh, they're creating spreadsheets and doing VLOOKUPs and, and, mm -hmm. and cleaning up uh, you know, data that they have, all those sorts of activities over and over. And so, and, and while we're doing all that, we reach out to marketing operations employers who are looking for job-ready, qualified, junior-level talent. And then we bring them in and we match them together. Um, and again, we're, we're very highly in, incentive to, to keep the lights on the business to, to make sure every one of our students gets jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're fortunate in that our first cohort, which we did this year, 100% of our students get jobs. And, um, and then we also, like we said, we really try to serve the needs of employers too. We uh, you know, un meet with them, understand what their needs are, what they're looking for and work with them through the process so that they have a great and effective recruiting experience. Um, you know, I can talk about that side some too to, you know, expand a little bit about, you know, that kind of hiring crisis and talent crisis. But um, I think succinctly, yeah, that's what we do in terms of a training uh, and placement basis is bring in these students and, and place them in these roles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And are they, so like when they're doing these practicums, like what systems are they in? Is it going to be like your Marketo, Salesforce? Great, great question. Yeah. So we we have Salesforce and, and Pardot. In addition, we have Marketo, we have HubSpot, we have Eloqua. So we train them on all of those. Um, we also have some other stuff. We're going to bring NAC into the curriculum um, next year. So we're going to keep on expanding the tool sets that they're working on. We also do like, we said, you know, um, like pivot table and VLOOKUP training. So we tra train them some spreadsheets, uh, train them just on communications and PowerPoint, whatnot. But yeah, the core core set of marketing automation tools, uh, we train them on all of those. And again, we do a variety of them so that they're frankly, to maximize their employability so that they're mm -hmm. sort of ready to go. Um, mm -hmm. What, whatever the platform is that the that the employer works with, you know, we we kind of treat we teach the broad concepts that are applicable across platforms, and we sort of like the cross training in that they're not really memorizing a click sequence; they're really understanding the concepts and then can kind of apply them effectively, no mm -hmm. matter if it's Marketo or HubSpot or whatever. Right, right. And so there's this tool, like it's very tool agnostic, which I think is, yeah. you know, it, it helps in the longevity of their career too. Yeah. Right? You see so many people get stuck because they've only spent time in one tool and like, oh, they're, they only want to work in Marketo. Um, so I love that like you're broadening that and allowing them to sort of explore all tools. And like you said, understand the foundational aspects of what they're doing versus where they're doing it. Yeah, before they get in the tools, we work a lot on that foundation stuff. So first, we explain modern marketing, what is marketing ops, what's its responsibility, you know, what's a customer journey, what's a buyer mm -hmm. persona, you know, what, what's a funnel, and all that stuff. So that they understand a lot of business concepts before they even get into the tools. Because, you know, the big thing that we want them to be able to do 
is, well, we can get into kind of the employer crisis, but we want them to be job ready where they can come in and do kind of the rudimentary work in a MOPS team such that MOPS teams, you know, more senior people who are overworked and too stretched can mm -hmm. delegate that work to people they can trust and can get it done um, so that, you know, MOPS teams are, are more effective and, and better staffed. So they need to be able to go into a meeting, be in that business conversation, understand the objectives of the campaign or whatever strategy they're pursuing, be fluent in that conversation, understand the needs, and then translate those needs and requirements into a tool and do that kind of rudimentary execution of a campaign, build this email, build this landing page, build that automation, et cetera, et cetera, um, and, and get it all done. So to mm -hmm. do that effectively, we don't limit it to just the tools, but also the the whole business context and strategy around it all. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know about anyone else, but like I would have loved to have this knowledge yeah. in college. And I know you are very passionate about that topic too. And we, you, you had an interesting stat that you shared with me the other day. And I think you were, and correct me if I'm getting it wrong, but it was like two out of every seven people that go to college actually have a good outcome. Um, That's right. Like what, what's the deal? Like, why can't we figure this out? Yeah, well, I mean, without getting too uh, righteous about the status quo of the higher education system, it just doesn't serve students well. So we have this crazy national mythology of like, you want the American dream? Go to college. So people march off to college. But like mm -hmm. you said, of every seven that enroll, two get a job that requires a college degree. The other five either um, don't graduate or graduate but get a job that doesn't require a degree and spend a ton of money in the process to yeah. the tune of $1.7 trillion in growing of student debt. So it's it's you know really really a, a failure of our of our system and depending on you know your background where you are you might you know for a lot of people college is this great experience. Well, I went to college and opened up a lot of doors for me and look at what I'm doing now. But that's just this like really like a sliver of our population. Mm -hmm. Two thirds of the U.S. still doesn't have a college degree and probably doesn't need one. That's fine. And but we 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 keep thinking, well, go to college and everything will go well. That doesn't actually work out well. And yeah. you know, again, we can talk a lot about it, but it's something like marketing operations, which is changing so fast. Colleges are not set up to adapt their curriculum that fast. Mm -hmm. So they're not even close. They're way behind it. Um, and so that's generated this crisis in our industry because, as you and I know. The demand for skills and teams in marketing operation is is bananas. Like it's through yeah. the roof. It's growing super fast. So it puts all this pressure on the need for more and more talented people. But where are those talented people and qualified people and trained people supposed to come from? Mm -hmm. Like if I ask you or anyone on this podcast or, or sorry, on this webinar that, that that's listening, everyone here fell into marketing ops. It's like, oh, I was an SDR and I was curious about Marketo and we lost mm -hmm. someone, so they pulled me over and I started making emails. Mm -hmm. like everyone's story starts that way. Um, and in, in what a healthy labor market needs is a you know systematic source of new talent that just pumps it out and is an equilibrium with the, the demand of the market and, and the needs for new people. But we don't have that in marketing mm -hmm. operations. So Demand is through the roof, but there's no new supply. 
So there's this crazy crisis, a crazy shortage. Uh, marketing ops professionals in general are really, really overworked because mm -hmm. there's not enough of them. You have senior experienced people who, I guess in a good way, are, are being bid up in terms of uh, what their compensation is, but in a bad way, they're being horribly overworked, um, struggling with burnout, and, and unable to delegate the rudimentary tasks that they need to be delegating so that they can focus on the more strategic stuff mm -hmm. um, that's aligned with where they are in their careers and kind of the big priorities they need to be tackling. But um, but none of that is happening because, again, of this crazy mismatch between supply and demand, and we, we just sort of expect it should happen. Like, how is it supposed to happen? But our system doesn't do it. You know, you and I were talking yeah. before, there's other industries like architecture or engineering, right? Technical fields. And those have actually well fun nursing, although nursing is behind. So let's leave that out. So architecture <laughs> or engineering, like there's a certain amount of demand. There's schools that are qualified and produce trained people. Mm -hmm. And that's working well. Um, but it's not working well at all in marketing operations. So we exist both to serve those aspiring professionals and, and create opportunity, but also to serve marketing operations employers who are contending with this talent crisis and really need a reliable source where they can turn, find, and quickly hire people who are qualified, job ready, they don't need training, and, mm -hmm. and they can get to work and start adding value to that organization and relieving the strain of that organization. So as much as we serve our students, we also serve our employers and, and help them kind of contend with that crisis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's funny, too, because like we're in tech, like we should be we should be able like the most innovative people to figure this out. And I think we're just almost too obsessed with more, 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 more technology, more growth, more revenue um, that we sometimes lose focus of like, hold on a second. Like, how are we going to get there, though? Yeah. Like, fix this problem first. Well, it's interesting, too. It's a different kind of problem. You know, I've been in software companies. Uh, and I guess every business is ultimately a people business, but this is really a people business. You know, the crazy thing about software, if, you know, people want to buy more um, Mad mad Kudu? Mad Kudu? How you got it. Mad Kudu. <laughs> mad Kudu. Um, it's, you know, they just get more and off you go. It's the most scalable business model in world history, software. You know, the transformation of people, the transformation of their economic trajectory, their training, that, that's done person by person over time. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, I hear what you're saying about like, we're tech, we solve these problems, but in some ways these problems are more complicated uh, than kind of the problems that software solves because software, yeah. you can just kind of write the code and run it, run it, run it, run it. Um, this is, it's, it's more complicated because it's, it's human beings uh, and you need to kind of work with them. And there's, there's no way to like automate that or, um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. kind of massively accelerate it. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, you, you have to work, work with each individual. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. And it is too, like, it's a social issue. It's a, mm -hmm. um, it's a class issue. It's mm -hmm. a political issue. Like there are so many layers to it that like, it's very difficult to solve because I mean, quite frankly, like we we're so deeply rooted in this system that was built to do one thing, uh, you know, many, many years ago. And we're still, we're still stuck in it. It's uh, you mean like up. the college system to educate like 
British aristocrats in the 1700s. Like, like literally, that's like the blueprint that we're still using. I mean, I, yeah. I, I could go crazy about the college system, but it's that's the blueprint. That was the design, and it's such a tradition-obsessed system, mm-hmm. and we're still like utilizing that. It's just nuts. Yeah, uh, yeah. To tell the truth, like it's it get, gets to a, wa- a lot of why it's like super ineffective. But mm-hmm, oh well. mm-hmm. yeah, I was actually talking with my partner the other day and we were saying how interesting it is, like just the school system, how interesting it is because we're literally just thrown into it and it's training. It's training to be a contributor to society and capitalism. And um, it's really fascinating to explore kind of if you if you open up and like look through those layers like why the education system really is what it is today and i do think we are starting to see more of those vocational schools where yeah. you know you learn to code you you learn yeah. marketing operations um and you don't have to spend a bajillion dollars doing no. it yeah um, yeah and we don't want you to spend anything unless you get to the outcome in fact a lot of that i look back to my career in software which is a great thing you know the big when, when, when software changed from perpetual license to SaaS, the big switch wasn't so much on the technical delivery as much as it was the value proposition. It's like, if you don't like it, it you know, when you bought when you bought perpetual license, it's like, okay, you own it. And whether or not it does anything for you, you've paid a ton, you own it forever. Mm-hmm. Then you switch to SaaS and it's like, hmm, now just try it out if you like it and it provides you value, great. Keep mm-hmm. using it, pay more. If you don't like it, leave. Yep. Huge change, right? In in value proposition for 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 the customer. So same thing needs to happen on education, and that's what we're doing. Like traditional education, pay your tuition, huge amount upfront. You owe it, whether or not it does a thing to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're trying to do is just like SaaS. Like you don't owe us anything unless we deliver the value you want. Um, and so. Uh, I think education will be really well served to follow software and yeah. really you only the vendor only gets paid if the customer gets the value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that model. Mm-hmm. Um, so question, because and I want to dive into kind of like the employer side, but what what gets me kind of thinking into that conversation is. Um, what about like soft skills, you know, like you're yeah. teaching these really hard technical skills, which is amazing, but we know, and you know, we've had a lot of discussions on this show around the soft skills that you need to even just like be in those positions. Is that something that you're also? Yeah, that's a huge issue. And I think you, you know, you talked about the social angles of it all. And we bring in, try to bring in people from all sorts of different backgrounds with all sorts of different experiences and for whom, um, this kind of professional techie culture is mm-hmm. new and unfamiliar, right? And so even as they're developing the um, technical um, uh, skills and abilities for the job, they also need to develop these soft skills so they know how to operate and participate in this culture. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're blessed to do that Um by our mentor program. So all of our students have mentors and our our mentors um, are all marketing experienced people in the marketing operations industry and they work with the students. And so we really simulate the whole end-to-end experience. So we're not just like going to Marketo and build the campaign. We're like, start and have a call 
and we're going to role play. Your mentor is going to be the VP of marketing mm -hmm. and she's going, you're going to ask her questions and she is going to uh, talk about her objectives and needs for the campaign. Um, and so they, they role play that. And that's how, you know, our student extracts the requirements, then writes them up in like a campaign brief and has another call with the mentor slash VP of marketing to validate that the, you know, the, the requirements were well understood and that the brief is accurate. So mm -hmm. that's one example of what we do well outside the tools where we're in the, where we're simulating those real life interactions and our mentors are great at giving feedback and tips and guidance that help people develop those soft skills, particularly those for whom this kind of um, context and experience is new. Mm -hmm. So again, we're we're blessed. Uh, we, we you know even that we're we're pretty nascent. We've had a great um, great amount of help and support from from the industry for, from people serving as as mentors and guest speakers like that and and that really helps with the issue that you bring up there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i hear a call to action there mm -hmm. so, call to action call it, so like you know, we, all, we have uh, yes dude we need like a little splashy light like yeah. i see on this call there's some amazing marketing ops folks that have you know been to these sessions and like how would they go about you know being a part of this and being a mentor oh, good like good call good call to action um well if you go to highwayeducation.com um with or which sorry it's highway ed h so that is h i g w a y e d.com um you'll see all sorts of uh calls to action ways to contribute ways to participate um, specifically, if you scroll down to our footer, there's get in touch. There's a student gets in touch. There's an employer get in touch, call to action. And then there's um, marketing operations peers get involved. And that's where people who are interested in helping out, uh, you know, it could just be a few hours for a few weeks or like, mm -hmm. or an hour, you know, or, or an hour one time to be a guest speaker. But um, people can go there to let us know. Um, that they're willing to or interested in participating, and then we'll respond with more information and in ways that people can, you know, jump in. Awesome. Well, um, I put the link in the chat, so if you have a minute, go explore, check out. Um, you know, if you want to take part and contribute to Highway Ed, um, it's a great opportunity. So, um, okay, I I want to talk a little about a little bit about the employer side and like the benefits there and yeah. problems there. And um, I guess I'll start with saying like, what, what kind of feedback do you get from that employer side? Uh, it's been, it's been great both. Well, I guess the first part of it is great. There's two parts of feedback. One is when I talk to people about what we do do and they're like, Oh, thank God. Like we're desperate for people. So I know this isn't great. And from the employer's perspective, because it's, indicative of the how acute the crisis is um mm -hmm. but it's certainly it's kind of good from my perspective in that uh we're, we're we're fulfilling a need uh and then yeah it was it was quite easy to place all of our students and they're only a few months into the job um they graduated in october but so far the the feedback from uh the employers that we've been working with has been super super positive and they're eager to kind of set up to be return employers and, and come back and, and continue to hire for, for us. I think, you know, the, the problem is this, that again, we were talking about there's huge demand, mm -hmm. right? Limited supply. 
in the olden days, people would hire those people and train them, right? But um, I read this really interesting stat. So I'm 48 years old. I just turned 48 two days ago. And so when I graduated college in 1996, um, the average graduate of college um, had 1.3 jobs, something like that, in the five years after graduation. Mm -hmm. That number is now over three. Wow. So huge change, you know, good thing, internet, more um, fluidity in the labor market, more visibility of talent and opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. However, you could imagine with that much turnover amongst recently hired entry-level folks, the incentives for employers to train are nothing, yeah. right? And like, it's like, wait, I'm going to put in this and train someone for four, six months, whatever, they'll finally be productive. And then okay. like, if I only keep them another six months, the whole thing was a huge net negative, right? Why did I even do this? Um, and so that's why employers are stuck. Like they know they need people, but that whole let's train entry level people, just the incentives are all wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of the key, key gap we filled. If it, if it weren't for that change in the dynamics of training, there'd be no need for what we do. Uh, but back in the old days and people were like, well, I'm going to go work here for my career or something, right? You train them and it'd pay off over years and years and years. That's not the case anymore. So the key for us is to provide, you know, graduates who are job ready from day one. Are they going to like, you know, figure out your crazy, you know, lead scoring algorithm and tune it well or other high level strategic stuff? Of course not. But are they going to be able to come in from the get go and off take stuff off the plate of people, your team and do that rudimentary work? Mm -hmm. Add more capacity to your team. Let your senior people focus on, on on the more complex stuff. You know, that's our objective. And our whole program is built around that. And like I said, particularly around the practicum and, and, and having them do this over and over again, we've been really been able to achieve that. And so that's what we're focused on. That's the real specific need uh, that we're focused on. And, and uh, so far out of the gates with employers, it's been going well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so how do you or is there any sort of like vetting for the employer side? Because, you know, sometimes you you see these orgs, especially in tech, and you're like, "Ooh, that's a toxic environment. You know, that's mm. everyone's burnt out. Everyone's, you know, bad management. Like, how do you make sure that you're putting them into the best situations possible? Yeah, well, out of the gates, um, a lot of the people we worked with out of the gates in our first cohort were sort of people that I worked with and I knew from the industry. So that was helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, we did have some people come in, um, participate in the program a little bit, and we actually um, excused them uh, because they didn't seem to have the right perspective on how to interact with our our students and stuff. So, um, you know, we we have been thoughtful on on making sure we have the right set of employers with, with kind of the right approach. You know, I would say the the inspiring thing or the encouraging thing I've found is employers are really interested in solving their talent needs. I've found the 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 employers for whom what we do really resonates are the ones who are also really jazzed about our social mission too. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a really good indicator that they have the kind of right incentives um, and right motivations around working with us. 
Um, in fact, um, like I said, we try to operate like a recruiter and, and in exchange for providing that recruiting service of delivering someone an employee, we charge them 10 grand after the employee and only if they've been there for 90 days after their first 90 days. And then, but we don't pocket it because like we said, we're a B Corp. We take that money and that pays down that student's tuition obligation to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's great all around. So the, you know, it's great for the student because the what they're paying for all this is 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 significantly reduced. But I found that the employers are excited to participate and partner in our social mission and and, and reduce that expense on the people they've just hired. So mm-hmm. people that are participating at this stage really seem to be kind of not just solving their talent need, but have all the kind of right motivations in working with us. Right, right. Makes sense. And so when when you are an employer, you say, hey, I want to um, go through this program and look for some talent. Like, what are the steps? What does that look like when you're on the employer side working yeah. with higher ed? Cool. Well, um, I'll tell you what it's going to be in 2022 because we've been, you know, turning the dials and shifting how it works. So uh, you come in. Well, first, first we meet with you. You, you. you come in and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about some openings I have. We have a meeting. We talk to you about the program. We understand your needs and requirements. Um, then if you want to sign up, great. We sent you a, a, a little docu-sign that says, yeah, I want to participate. And, you know, I'm prepared to to spend 10 grand to reduce the student's tuition of the people that I hire. Um, then we let you into our portal. Um, and in our portal, we have all of our students and they all have profiles and you can click into their profiles. And then, as I said, they've been just doing projects, 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 all mm-hmm. during the program. So they have their project portfolio attached to their profile. So you can see different projects. They have a little video of themselves explaining the project. And then you can click in and view all the artifacts from that project um, that, that demonstrate their capability. So first, we just allow you to self-serve, browse our students, you know, hear their stories, see their work, uh, and really gain evidence of would they be a good fit for what we're looking for? Do they seem to have that capability? And then um, after you've had that perusal, if you will, we have what we are called called speed dating sessions, where we bring in a group of employers, a group of students, and they have like, okay, you know, A meets with X, B meets with Z, all for um, 20 minutes, and then they switch and rotate. So it's we try to make it a really efficient process for the mm-hmm. employer where they can get to see them and their work through the portals, get to have some um, human interaction and get to know who they are briefly. And then we just let them go from there and say, okay, you know, are there people that you like? take them into your own interview and and evaluation process from there. Mm -hmm. And then we follow up with them and we have brief 15 minute uh, once a week check-ins with the employers just to see how it's going, what challenges they have, anything that we can help with uh, as we continue to support them through the process. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we did that for the first time and uh, it was all kind of lickety split to tell you the truth. the first cohort through, we everyone was hired before graduation. Um, so it, it went pretty well. Well, congratulations on that cohort. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I was going to ask, 
Oh, I was just going to say how, how cool I think it is too, that like you're giving them the ability to build a portfolio, like in creations, it's really difficult to showcase your work. And, you know, especially if you do go out um, and you're contracting, consulting, and you're like, well, how do I know that you can do all these things? Like, what are you going to show me screenshots? You know? So I think it's very cool that you're- That's the whole idea. We just want to make it, you know- these employers, we have to prove to them that these students are capable. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can talk to you about our curriculum and great team of instructors they have and what they're doing, but like, you want to hire someone, you want to, you want to know that they can do the job. And so like, yeah. and so like, let's prove it through the actual work, through the mm-hmm. actual files and, and, and in documents and let's, you know, ask them hard questions, ask them how they built that automation, you know, yeah. you know, what was the logic in that if then statement there, you know, get it and all of our, and it's right there, all the work that our students have done and the, the, the student and the employers come in and they're very evaluatory and they can ask hard questions and, and they like what they saw and, and they, and they scooped up, uh, you know, our, our graduates, which is great, but yeah, we try to focus on that. If we're going to be effective, right? We have to satisfy the students' needs, the employers' needs. And it's all about that coming together with the job mm-hmm. offer. So we need to provide the students that we need to train them. And then we need to have, you know, build for them showcases of their capability so that they can get hired. And then for the employers, we need to provide them an easy way to evaluate and ensure that the hires that they're making are, are of people who can do the job. So we re- those projects are where all that converges, right? And where the the needs of both sides come together. It's the hard evidence of their capability to do the job. Yeah, very powerful. And, you know, you see leaders talk about execution, right? Like you can talk all day, but you want somebody that can execute and well and efficiently. And so, yeah, I think it's very powerful to have that work, a body of work to dig into really. Um, I had a question on the student side. So how, where, what channels, you know, like this is kind of, you know, I don't know if you're going to like universities or like, how are you recruiting students? Yeah. So first let me tell you about who they are and then I'll tell you about how we get to them. And this is, this is kind of the newest part for me where I'm still figuring it out. Some, you know, reaching out to, uh, you know, marketing operations leaders is what I've been doing for a long time. So that's, quite familiar, mm-hmm. reaching out to 20 some things about, you know, career changes is quite new. Um, so the average age of our students was 26 years old. So older than we would, I would have guessed. Um, uh, some, but not all of them have college degrees. And I sort of have a special place in my heart for those that don't, because mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, yeah. And most of all, they, they've they've had work experience they've been working but you know they sort of you know they might have missed the boat on finding their way into the digital economy and they want to find a, a pathway for them to get into it mm-hmm. um and let's see about um almost half 45 percent are in, of our first class at least were immigrants born elsewhere who uh yeah. in the u.s um, over half uh, were female, over half were people of color. Altogether, we have a goal of graduating 75% of our folks from disadvantaged um, backgrounds, and we, we were at 90 for our first class. Wow. Um, so we're, we're happy with that. The whole immigrant part was 
surprising and great. That part was like, I didn't necessarily expect that, but I can get into why I thought that happened, but we'll see. And they're, you know, immigrants, they get the job done to quote Hamilton, right? They come in with a lot of uh, commitment, which is mm -hmm. sweet. Um, mm -hmm. we, we did stuff with LinkedIn. I did stuff on Indeed. I did, I partnered with, different like online communities that are focused on young people trying to change their careers and break into kind of tech. Um, this year I'm expanding kind of the communities that I work with in 22 to, to source those folks. So we bring in, uh, you know, those sorts of leads. And then I have a big content marketing bias given uh, my background. And so I shot a ton of video footage, hours and hours, with employers and marketing operations to explain what it is, to explain how desperate they are for talent, you know, the the, the state of affairs and supply and demand within mm -hmm. the industry, um, why they believe in the program. And now I just shot tons of hours of my own, my graduates talking about their experience in the program, how much they're enjoying their careers, how transformative uh, Highway has been on their careers and lives. So. Once we bring them in, we sort of let the content do the talking, um, particularly live, authentic content of employers and students involved in our program mm -hmm. um, kind of testify to their experience. And, and that's what sort of helps convert those interested leads into, uh, you know, enrolled students. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And by the way, Toby and his team is a team of three. <laughs> They're doing all this, a team of three. It's amazing work, um, lean and mighty. Um, I love it. Okay, I know we're running out of time. Please don't forget to submit questions if you want to ask something for Toby, either in the questions uh, tab or in the chat is fine. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about you know, what, what is the vision for 22? You know, like what are some of the goals? What do you, or what, and beyond too, right? Like we're, we're sort of entering this like new, it feels like we're entering this like new era of like, you know, well, we can talk all about like web three and crypto, like neither of us are experts. We have determined, yeah. but it's interesting, right? Like it's this, something's changing. So how do you see highway education evolve? Yeah. So, um, we did, you know, and we just started out in 2021 and we did a, a dozen students in one cohort. Um, in 2022, we are, we've been kind of taking a little bit of time to bring in our learnings and make adjustments. We're going to start recruiting students again on New Year's Day. Um, and our first cohort will start in March of 2022. It'll graduate in the summer. So just all the employers out there will start to have more students available for hiring in the summer of 2022. And then we'll be on sort of a perpetual basis. We're not going to take more breaks. We'll, we'll just keep rolling. Uh, we plan on, on having an, on enrolling 70 students in, in 2022 over uh, three cohorts. Um, you know, long-term, what do we hope to do? You know, one thing that I think about this relative to, again, I've, I've led software companies is, um, again, we talked before, software is amazing because it's super scalable. And if you hit product market fit, you can just jam on the gas and add like thousands of customers or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. want to be very careful about that and what we're doing, right? Because we're when we're a B Corp, we have 
different objectives and they're not exclusively profit-based. And there's been training programs that have really pursued really high growth and and you could potentially kind of uh, trample human lives in the Mm. process. So we're not venture funded. I have no plans to be, like you said, we're small and I'm just sort of funding this myself. And um, I would, that's kind of, we don't want to grow too fast and, and, and uh, lose track of, of what we're doing, particularly in around our mission um, and expanding opportunity and realizing that these are like humans Mm -hmm. that we're interacting with. It's not like, code. Um, So so that's one big principle for us. But, you know, just in marketing operations, there's so much need, right? There's wacko amounts of need for for talented, qualified people. So we could spend a lot of time doing there. What what I'm getting most excited about, though, is is the whole no code movement. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you could say, marketing ops, revenue ops, but really business ops. And I feel the future critical. It's sort of like marketing ops, I'd say was the original no code people, right? Like no code systems, it's like data. You have to understand how to deal with data and apply logic and automation and if them statements. And so based on triggers, taking certain actions and and that does things with the data and sends out messages and adjusts other data. and, you know, and, and have web interfaces to that. So, you can, you know, emails and pages and stuff where different people interact and, and receive information, put in information. All that really no code is doing is taking that beyond marketing ops to all segments of business. Mm-hmm. And so this ability in marketing ops to have this unique, you're not a coder, but you have strong understanding of systems and technical ability, and you have understanding of business that same profile is what's going to power the massive transformation and, and strategic differentiator that no code is unleashing across all aspects mm-hmm. of business. So, you know, for us, that that's what I get excited about when I think about where all we can go with this. Um, but that's down the road. We'll, we'll see. I mean, even just really adjacent to marketing ops is like demand gen, you know, which is, kind of similar but skill set, but also different skill set. Um, I've, people have been asking me about like product marketing, entry-level mm-hmm. roles. Obviously, sales ops is, is a logical adjacency. So there's lots of agendas or lots of directions we can go. But the nice thing is not being venture funded. I don't have like, there's no like, well, we're going to hit this growth rate by this mm-hmm. year. Like, we're just kind of to tell you the truth, we're we're taking it as we go and um and doing it day by day and realize mm-hmm. we're we're dealing with humans and right on on our website too, I I think I sent you when we talked before, we have a video of mm-hmm. students talking about the impact that highways had in their careers and their lives. And you know, that's a lot of that as much as you know, business outcomes is what we're seeking to achieve. And so I'm not, you know, when you mix that in your objectives, it's, you can't be like too rigid about where the business is going to go. And we're not, we're just going to kind of go day by day. Right, right. It'll evolve. And, but you have that, like you've got the right pieces in place and you have the right 
vision and mission. And I think too, like a lot of businesses are going to start kind of transforming and realize like, wow, we really need to be um, thinking about how we're democratizing things, right? Like democratization of data and just access to all of that for everybody. And I think that even beyond. I agree, but I question for you. I wonder, but is that everybody? Because no code is cool. And I agree to use no code tools. You don't have to be a coder, Mm -hmm. but I think you got to be an ops person, right? It's not like any person. It's not like the graphic design person or the sales person or whomever can just walk up to some no code system and design like how the data is going to run and build an automation. Like you see what I'm saying? Like, so I think it's the people with this unique marketing ops blend of business and technical skills. Again, they're not a coder, but they also understand business. Mm-hmm. And that profile, that blend, now you want to spread these people all across the organization and have them work with the finance team, the HR team, you know, the all the different teams so that they're working closely with the teams, just like marketing ops does to um democratize, you know, like you said, the the, the use of data and, and computing systems and software and, and make it a huge strategic advantage for their business. But I'm curious what you think. Do you think everybody starts being that kind of no-code developer or do you think mm-hmm. it's more the MOPS people who, who do it? I guess it's a little yeah, bit of yeah. both. It depends on what you're talking about. No, I think it's a really interesting point. And, and I mm-hmm. think you hit the nail on the head because you said, like, you have to have this. It's a very... Um, it's a very unique skill set. And I do think it straddles both worlds. Yeah. I don't know if you have to be an ops person, but I think you have to be, you have to hold those unique skills, which, you know, most ops people do. So I think that it's sort of like natural that it's mostly operations that holds these roles, but, you know, as a marketer or, um, you know, with a small team, like, I guess I'm a little bit of a, you know, fall into that group of having those unique technical, technical skills, but, you know, even being able to go into like something like Webflow, right. And, um, you know, our website, you know, without really doing anything without writing a line of code, um, or using something like Zapier to connect systems, you know, but I do agree. I do think that there's like your sales guy is not going to walk up to Zapier and necessarily, feel confident to make all those changes, right? The way that you are, you know? And so I think no code will happen, but there'll be ops like people spread out, not just in marketing, but across every function working Mm -hmm. hand in hand with their colleagues and teammates so that, yeah, that tool, software tools and data can be even more precisely made for the needs of, of, mm-hmm. of every company and every team and, and more effective in, in delivering value. Yes. Yes. So what we're saying is ops is taking over the world. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. And Dreesen's going to have to change his quote. It's, it's not software. It's ops. Yeah. And it's going to be, I think too, it'll be kind of like a, a no brainer. Like, oh, you want to be in demand gen? Like, do you have these technical skills too? Like you don't yeah. get to get away with just being a brand marketer anymore. Like you have to have those yeah. technical skills. And I think we'll start to see that the caliber of talent across, as you were saying, all roles yeah. is really going to start with that. Like, okay, you have the foundations, you understand the math of the business, and you also understand these technical aspects and operations as well. I like that phrase, the math of the business. 
so I can't take credit for that. That actually was a class that um, well, yeah, I think you've heard of Green Fig University. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Another vocational um, school that is really more focused on. Um, yeah. And Oregon, an Oregon kind of centric, right? Or, yeah. 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 Um, and I worked with them for, for a few years as an instructor. And there is a class called the math of the business. Oh, the math of the business. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Toby, for, for coming on and sharing about highway education, such an important mission. Um, and I guess I would ask just kind of close things out. Like, I'm sure that you get your students asking you for advice all the time, you know, what, where, what do I go? What's the most important thing? Like, what would you say is your go-to piece of advice for, you know, someone in that mops role? Or well uh, you know, a lot of people ask me a lot about entrepreneurship and mm -hmm. more than, I don't know, mops, because I'm not really a mops expert, to tell you the truth, uh, <laughs> like my partner is, Lee, but not me. Um, so I, to kind of go to a phrase like the, the, the math of the business, which I love, um, I would say the big thing... I learned the most from my career that I like to talk to people because it's really applicable to all worlds, not just if you're being an entrepreneur, but it's just nothing matters besides customer value. Maybe the math of value, you know, like it's sort of for, for your, like what, what are your customers needs? What are their problems? What are their issues? How are you providing value to solve those? And how do you measure the provision of that value? Um, I, it took me way too long to learn how that's everything. And um, so whenever I have a chance to talk to people about business wisdom, it's, it's that. Everything radiates mm. from that. Everything else is just kind of secondary execution around that core. And I, I don't think, I think everyone should be mindful of focusing on that. At least yeah. I needed to be more mindful than I was on focusing on that. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Agreed. And myself too, like, it's so easy to get stuck in that execution mode when, and thinking about the future, like the future customers, right? But like, what about your current customers? Yeah. Like, another interesting evolution is kind of how we're seeing customer success uh, teams evolve and be really more in the spotlight and connected and aligned with other teams like demand gen, like marketing ops. I mean, well, especially with your guys' solution, which is a lot about the future, right? With product led growth, mm -hmm. kind of the customer success and sales are sort of becoming one and the same. Or, you know, like, or the customer doesn't start paying you until this, the whole experience. Mm -hmm. uh, led by the success team ensures that the customer has value and has gotten the value and then they'll get past that freemium piece and start getting to the paid piece. But uh, yeah, and, and success is on the front lines of ensuring that value delivery, which is sort of everything. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think like CS has a lot to teach sales too, because it's like they're they're going to allow people to feel like they're already customers when they're not necessarily paying customers like you yeah. said that's a big that's like relationship people stuff like that's a big deal to build that trust and and make somebody feel like they're a valued customer even if they're not giving you any money it's important yeah it's sort of it's it the sequence of exchange has changed it used to be like well before you get my software 
pay me money. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, before you get my money, give me value, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the generally the customer always wins, right? And so as that as that new um, exchange is better for the customer, that's the way things are going to go. And that's what we're trying to do with education to tie it all together, right? But it's like you don't pay us anything unless you get to the desired, you know, professional outcome. I think yeah. that's the way to make it happen. That's the way. All right. Well, we are coming up on time. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. And everybody, I, I again, I put the Highway Ed uh, link in the chat. So check it out. How can people, you know, obviously besides, um, you know, the website, are you on LinkedIn? Like how can people connect with you if they want to? Sure, I'm on further? LinkedIn. Oh, Highway Education is on LinkedIn. Awesome. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so lots of ways that you can reach us. Lots of ways. Okay. You heard it here. Um, <laughs> all right. So thank you again. Thank you for everyone for showing up today and be on the lookout for a very fun announcement for our next season in 2022. We've got some really awesome names. I'm just going to name drop one. Chris from Refine Labs. Yep. He's coming. He's coming on the show. Um, so yeah, I know it's a big one. It's a big one. So we'll have some awesome names and we can't wait. Um, and yeah, again, everybody have a wonderful holiday. Uh, hopefully you get some rest and, um, you know, just sort of recharge because it's been a year. <laughs> Happy holidays. Thanks so much, Hannah. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thank you.